We're so thrilled now to go back to the phones and bring on another good friend of the program. Our great pal Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer is here with us. Ferg, the time is greatly appreciated. How you been, my friend? I'm good. I was wondering if I got banned from the show because you hadn't invited me on in weeks. <laughs> and here we are. We're, we're reunited again. Uh, glad to have you here with us. You were not banned from the program whatsoever. That would never, ever, ever happen. That's why I'm, I'm happy to move forward. And now that football season's here, there's plenty to talk about. So uh, with that being said, though, football season's here, but we got to talk basketball because you're so yep. elite at what you do, Ferg. There's a game in Israel, and you've already published observations from that game that was played yeah well it was pretty easy because auburn dominated it pretty much all the way through you could get (laughs) a lot of that analysis done early on but no it was a really really good performance from auburn look this this israel team was overmatched and in fact it seems like that's not really from according to people in israel wasn't really their full u20 team out there their u20s just finished up the uh, European Championship last week went to the semifinals, fi- finished fourth place. So this was mostly a U19, U18 squad uh, out there. So a little bit on the younger end. Physically, just was no match for Auburn. Auburn's size went crazy from the beginning. But I will say this though, for Auburn fans who wanted to take some positive from this game, it's the first time these guys have played together against an opponent that wasn't themselves, uh, and they looked really, really good. Um, everybody shared it. Um, looked good on both ends of the floor. Can't really say a negative thing about this game. Other than hey, may, may have had a few too many turnovers, maybe had a few too many, um, you know, breakdowns in the second half on defense. But I mean, they they demolished this team from the very beginning and and looked really well playing together, which is exactly what you want in these early preseason games. Pretty fun for all of us to basically have lunch here in the yep. uh, in the Central Time Zone and watch basketball, man. Yeah, no, a whole lot of fun weekday afternoon basketball. That's <laughs> like this is like the only time you're ever going to get that in college. So yeah, no, it's. It was really, it was a really fun game. I hope Auburn fans got to enjoy it. The, the next two games they're going to play on Sunday and Monday uh, next week are going to be tougher competition. You're going to have professionals that you're going to be playing against, like solid, like grown men professionals that they'll be playing against. Uh, but man, I mean, this was a, this was a. If you were looking for some highlights, if you were looking to have some fun with this Auburn basketball team and some of the new guys, um, you got plenty. You got plenty of it in, in this uh, in this beatdown today. I'm surprised that the Auburn Observer uh, didn't put together travel accommodations for for Ferguson to be in person there in Israel. A little tough, a little tough. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're we're trying to we're trying to trying to save up for uh, for the upcoming season. You there know, you go. Auburn basketball, Auburn basketball's road schedule and neutral site games this upcoming year are crazy. And uh, you know, I would love um, to have the opportunity to go watch them play out on the West Coast and some other places. So, you know, hopefully that'll be in there. Israel, a little bit of a bridge too far for me. <laughs> no kidding. All right, well, let's talk again about uh, th- this basketball team, the competition that takes place. Got a chance to see some of the newcomers. As you mentioned, some freshmen, Janai Broom in the mix. Any of those guys in particular um, do anything interesting that you were um, surprised by or impressed by? Well, the crazy thing was, is you know, I wrote about this earlier in the week at the Observer, but like you could tell, Bruce Pro was kind of preaching patience with Yohan uh, uh, Traor, um, just because, hey, look, guys, you know, he just got here, um, he's good, he's really, really good, he's really athletic, um, but you know, he's still trying to figure out where to be on a lot of things, and he's new to the process, he's still kind of relatively new to basketball compared to our other guys, so it's like you could tell he was kind of saying like, hey, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. And then he goes out there and leads the team in scoring, has 20 points and a ton of rebounds. Um, just, you know, just a great game from him. You could tell that Israel had, like, no answer for him on offense. But they didn't have an answer 
for Janai Broom. They didn't have an answer for Dylan Carwell either. Uh, Jalen Williams as well. Like Auburn's size just kind of overwhelmed them. Their post play was really, really good. But I mean, I thought Yohan just looked. I mean, he, he looks like a big guard out there sometimes. The fact that he can drive and finish uh, is pretty impressive. I thought he played with a ton of power uh, when he got opportunities around the basket. Got the free throw line a good bit. I think he drew six fouls, um, hit most of his free throws, which is great for a big man. Um, looked really, really good uh, there. I thought Broom was as, as advertised. Tall guy that's going to um, shoot really well down low. I think he was like seven of eight on his on his uh, field goal attempt, something like that. Um, shot, you know, rebounded well, protected the rim. Dylan Carwell had a fantastic game as well. Um, you know, not a new guy, but um, I thought he looked really good taking that step forward. And then, man, Chance Westry. Uh, Chance Westry really was kind of the story of that early part of the game with his first run. And this is a six six dude that I think, especially if you can see Zepp Jasper play some of the two more. Um, and, you know, they might not be afraid to use Wendell some at the two on occasion and might not be afraid to, you know, you know, play more KD and, and uh, Allen this upcoming season. Um, Chance Westry might be a guy that they like like as a as a true point guard, um, you know, behind Wendell Green Jr. So uh, that looked – he looked really, really good. Very um, disruptive on defense at three steals. Um, just smooth. Had some really good uh, step-back jumpers in this game as well. So, I mean, the thing about it, I wrote about it, and the observations is like it's not his fault, but like he's kind of gone under the radar um, just because he signed and you know committed and signed to Auburn last year, and it's been a long time. And Auburn's had a lot of hype and a whole season, and you know a lot of movement that's happened since then. You know, Chance Westry is the sixth highest rated player Auburn's ever signed out of high school. You know, in the vast majority of Auburn's basketball history, he would be by far the best player they have on the floor. Um, so it just looks a little different when you've got five stars and. You know NBA draft picks that have come before you recently, but I mean Westry, I thought really, really impressive today, and I think I think a lot of Auburn fans need to pay more attention to him. And Justin, typically this time of year, and we still are doing this, we get ready for football season and we talk all things fall camp and that sort of thing. But just how different is it to have this basketball program doing something like this, getting nationally televised exhibition games and having all these uh, fun young players to analyze and start to look forward to for for November? It's rare. I mean, Kentucky's really the only other program that's ever done something like this, um, which is, you know, have these games broadcast on uh, national TV uh, and and have people talking about it in August. But, like, hey, Auburn, like, you you can talk about your team like your basketball team like Kentucky talks about their basketball team because you have been better than them uh, over the last few years. Um, you're just as accomplished, if not more accomplished in some areas. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're producing NBA draft picks. Like, you know, Auburn is a Auburn is a national brand. It's a powerhouse. Now, this is not a team that every year in and year out you're going to predict and be like top five, top ten in the country in the preseason. They don't have that kind of level yet. But in terms of like, hey, being fun and having a lot of talent and a lot of attention, Bruce Pearl, I mean, this is, this is peak Bruce Pearl. He's using his connections, you know, obviously in Israel, um, to get attention to this tour, obviously using his connections from his time at ESPN uh, to you know get the broadcasting in as well. But I mean, you got to have the product and you got to have the interest and you got to have the fan base to make it all happen. So um, yeah, it's special. I mean, this this kind of puts Auburn up there in a very rare collection of teams that could ever say they do this. And honestly, it's just them in Kentucky in terms of these foreign games being televised. So it's a rare opportunity, and Auburn needs to you know I think Auburn's going to take full advantage of. It. Justin, I know we, you know, we still got months till the season starts. This is one game, but I, I want to take a look. You know, one of the big issues that a lot of people were, you know, pointing to coming into this year is how the the Tigers would adjust losing a defensive force like Walker Kessler. What were your thoughts of the Tigers on the defensive side of the ball today? 
they did a really good job. I mean, you knew Israel wasn't going to be able to match up with you size-wise, but they were going to shoot it, and then they were going to run, as Bruce Pearl said, good stuff, and um, get open looks from deep. I mean, that's just kind of their bread and butter. They are going to shoot uh, from three. It took them forever to hit a three-pointer uh, in this game. They shot less than 30% from the field for the whole game. They, they you know, it, it was just a really, really long drought from beyond the arc. They had to force really tough shots. Auburn did great on the defensive glass. They just you, you did what you were supposed to do, you know, in terms of like, hey, rim protection was great. Rebounding was great because you're so much bigger and stronger than these guys. But I think being fundamentally sound with some new guys and some new things kind of changing up to try to, you know, take them out of their element was big. I thought the press got, you know, and that's something that Auburn hasn't really done a ton of recently. Um, but they did a little bit more in this game. I thought the press got Israel out of rhythm a little bit. And, uh, yeah, when you're playing a team that you know is the only hope they have of making this game competitive is just firing away from deep. Uh, contesting threes and, and staying fundamentally sound on defense is the way to go. They had a few breakdowns in the second half. Israel got hot on a couple stretches, but ultimately I thought the defense was great. It's going to look different, but I think, you know, Treyor and, and uh, Janai Broom and, you know, the way Dylan Carwell played defense um, was big. thought Chance Westry was, and, and Katie Johnson were, and Jeff Jasper, as always, were just menaces in terms of, like, creating steals and creating opportunities that way. So, awesome defensive game uh, for Auburn. I mean, uh, Israel, you know, barely had anything going most of the game. Like I said, shot, shot below 30% and uh, was down by 40 or 50 most of the night. So, you know, that's, that, that's about as good as you can get. Two more opportunities for Auburn basketball on Sunday and Monday. Those will be very exciting to watch. Let, let's flip to uh, the impending fall camp now for football, Ferg. And, uh, of course, a couple weeks ago we, we had SEC media days. We heard from Brian Harson. Uh, just a real quick question on that. Uh, we, we've asked it of, of a couple other people, but just what did you make of kind of his opening comments in particular uh, mm-hmm. in that main media area and just in, any thoughts you had from uh, the Auburn contingency for media days? Yeah, no, I, I was surprised that Harson, um, you know, was as forthright about it as he was. Not, not that he was hiding from it or anything or expected that, but it's just that kind of not has been his style. Uh, and yet he came out kind of swinging and, you know, I think the attitude of Auburn, um, you know, throughout the, the media days from the players and from Harson is kind of like, hey, guys, we know you don't believe in us. We know there's a lot riding against us. Uh, you know, we're not going to be picked to finish highly in the SEC and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, hey, we're going to prove you all wrong. We know what we're doing. We know we know the work we put in. We're rallying the troops, us against the world mentality. It's like, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know what that's going to look like on the field this season. But, like, that is square one, what you have to do. Uh, if you're going to be a successful team and do defy expectations. So I think the messaging of like, hey, we feel like we're further along as a team chemistry-wise and, you know, technique, knowledge-wise, um, you know, culture-wise as we were at this point last year, those are all the messages you want to hear right now. you got to actually go out and do it on the field, and there will be time for that to, to prove it. But when you're just sitting around talking about the season to come, I thought that kind of unified message was a really good one because Auburn's going to have to have all hands on deck, everybody working together, everybody banded together for them to have any chance of making this a good year. Justin, uh, earlier today you put out an article on the Auburn Observer. Obviously, we don't want you to give away the whole article because we want people to go and subscribe and uh, read it. But you, you put out an article, the Auburn players you're watching closest during preseason practices. As we get started here, uh, first practice is Friday. Give us a couple of those names that you, you're looking forward to uh, uh, watching at practices. Well, you can read the first two, I believe. Uh, anybody can uh, log in and see, and see those. Um, so that's before the paywall kicks in. I'll just give you the first two. 
uh, you know, right off the bat. I- I'm looking forward to seeing what Demari Austin can do. We've heard a ton about him uh, this offseason. You know, somebody's got to replace Sean Shivers as that third running back. And I know Shivers didn't play a ton in terms of touches, and they want to run this offense through Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, but you need a third running back. And you also need a guy that can give you a little extra something, maybe a change of pace coming out of the backfield. You know, Sean Jackson could be that guy. Uh, Jordan Ingram could be that guy for sure. But Austin, you know, it's it's just easier to be a true freshman uh, that contributes to running back than it probably is at any other position. I mean, it's just the, the most, most plug-and-play kind of spot on the field. Auburn's had two true freshmen play well these last two seasons at running back. Could Austin be the third? You know, you're not going to need him to do a ton. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to see what he does in fall camp because um, I think he's got a great game about him. Um, really smooth, talented uh, running back, and I think he's got the versatility to maybe carve out a role this year. And then the other one is Robbie Ashford. Look, we all think that Zach Calzada is probably your starter this season just because he seems like the favorite. And, you know, I wanted to go away from, like, the obvious names um, in that list that I did. Uh, Robbie Ashford, just the way he finished spring practices, um, you know, I, he's, he's the most intriguing option at quarterback because he's the most unknown option at quarterback, him and Holden Garner. But I think of the three guys you would expect to have a chance to win this job, he's the entry, right? He's tall. He's got a rocket arm. Um, you know, he, he runs better than any of these quarterbacks. Uh, he had a great A-day. Offensive MVP looked good. Uh, you know, I would if I was a betting person, I would probably bet on Zach Calzada to be Auburn's starting quarterback uh, in week one against Mercer. But, like, I think Ashford, if he plays well, could be a guy that could kind of be the wild card here. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing Robbie Ashford play. Obviously, Calzada, a lot of the returning stars will get a ton of attention. But if you're looking for some people who can make a little noise that are a little further on the projected depth charge right now, I think Austin and Ashford are two guys as young backfield players that we haven't seen in a college game yet that are very, very intriguing. He's on Twitter, at JFergusonAU. Check out the Auburn Observer, $6 a month or $60 a year. It's uh, my absolute favorite subscription. Enjoy listening to the podcasts that he puts out each and every week. Richard Johnson recently from Split Zone Duo was a really fun conversation uh, that Ferg had. So uh, let's continue talking about football, Ferg, as, again, we're getting closer to fall camp. Later this week, we're going to get a chance to hear from both of the coordinators ahead of fall camp. Which one in particular are you more interested in hearing what they've got to lay out for Auburn this fall? I think it's Eric Ezel just because the offense has the more question marks. You know, we would expect Fair. Brian Hartson offense to kind of have the same kind of feel as they were from last season. But, like, what does he think of the quarterbacks? What does he think of his former position group, the wide receivers, offensive line and all that? Defensively, I think Jeff Schmetting is a very interesting guy. And, and maybe the thing that makes Schmetting so interesting is that his former position group that he was in charge of, inside linebacker, is the position group that's got the biggest question mark on defense right now because you lose to Kobe McClain, because you lose Chandler Wooden, and Owen Papo's coming off that injury. So, like, are they ready to roll? I really like Auburn's defense, um, just the defensive line, especially the edge rushers. I think the secondary is going to be pretty good this year. Just that inside linebacker spot. If those guys are ready to roll, I think Auburn could have a great defense this season. But it's the heart of the defense. Everything funnels through them. They lost a lot of production. They got a guy coming off of an injury. And they've got some unknown, you know, relatively unknown players that are going to have to play big roles this year. So that might be the biggest thing with the inside linebackers, or with the defenses, is that, like, hey, are these inside linebackers ready to roll? And if they are, um, you know, I think Auburn's going to be a really good spot on defense. But yeah, the intrigue's really on offense. I think every one of those, you know, position groups have some clear question marks heading into fall camp. And uh, we'll see how all that comes together with them. 
you ready to finally get some content to, to write about and talk about, Ferg, as opposed to all the off-season summer things that we've been doing lately? Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time of year. Um, obviously, the basketball uh, here recently has helped out a lot with that. Um, but, yeah, just actual practice observations and talking to players and coaches again uh, on the record is, is a whole lot of fun. And uh, this is a fun time of year. Um, people get excited. And, you know, this has been a weird offseason for Auburn football. And I know there are some people out there listening who are not very sold on this coaching staff. Uh, they're not very sold on the direction of the program. Uh, they're fearing the worst. You know, they, they, uh, they, they've got a more gloomy outlook on the season. But I'll tell you this, uh, and, I, and I understand where that, where that comes from, and that pessimism comes from for real. Like I, like I get where you're coming from, Auburn fans, on that one. Uh, but I will say, fall camp, the guys start getting out there, so get closer and closer to the start of September. I think even the most jaded and better Auburn fans will kind of you know, warm up a little bit because it's impossible to resist that uh, during football season, and or it's right around the corner. What is it going to take for me to be the Auburn Observer Employee of the Month this football season? What is that going to take? What is that going to take from you? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I would think it would have to be like more regular bookings on this show, um, <laughs> considering I was out for like a month and a half. Um, you know, it's going to be hard for you to be to get it this month. I think um, you know you mentioned the month just uh, started. We had, we had we had yeah exactly. We had Richard Johnson on um, you know over the weekend um, you know last last week to end the month. That was a really really strong finish. Uh, but I will say. Uh, our latest free podcast that anybody can listen to, uh, you can go to it um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, to start yesterday, to start the month of August. We had Christian Clemente on from Auburn Undercover to tell yeah. us, like, really the straight uh, talk on Auburn football recruiting and, like, what's going on. Because Painter and I are, frankly, idiots on a lot of things, but especially when it comes to recruiting. Um, you know, and, and he did a phenomenal job, I thought, um, you know, on that. So gonna be hard to beat it's gonna be hard to beat Clemente this this month I will September say. it is hey yeah yeah you'll have to work hard for September um so yeah August is gonna be pretty hard to, to knock him off the top spot uh your mentions will likely include some results from Thunder Chicken softball a little bit later this evening here's the storyline for going into tonight the Thunder Chickens three games left in the regular season and again everybody qualifies for the playoffs Right. We are 0 and 9 on the year. We're still trying our hardest to lose by single digits. Yep. And man, we really have taken steps forward. 0 and 9 and we're playing a team that is 1 and 8. This yep. is our chance tonight. This is your chance. Hopefully the weather will work out for you over here on my side of town right now. It's, it's lightning's kind of coming and right. popping right now, <laughs> a little bit of rain, so hopefully that'll hold off. But yeah, yeah I got to take advantage of this opportunity. Like Look, I'm not expecting miracles out there, but just a competitive loss would be, um, Let's would do be it. A, 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 an advantage. And so, you know, the, the opportunity is right. I feel, I'm feeling a little bit – you know what? I'm usually very pessimistic about you guys' chances, but I think you do it tonight. I think, I think tonight's the night. If you all actually get to play – I think y'all are going to break that streak. Let's go. I love it. I love it. Ferg, this has been great as always. Thanks again for taking time to chat with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Absolutely. See you guys.